On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, the revamped Model 3, codenamed Project Highland, has been officially revealed in China and Europe, and there is a lot to discuss. But the huge news does not end there this week, as the Model S and Model X got massive price drops, and FSD got a price adjustment too, but for once it went down, not up. Stay tuned. This is one of the biggest weeks of Tesla news in the entire eight years that I've been doing this podcast. my friends. I am Ryan McCaffrey. Welcome to episode 422 of Ride the Lightning, your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. And as I said at the top, this is for real one of the biggest Tesla news weeks that I can remember in the entire eight plus years that I've been doing this. But in fact, it goes beyond that. Both mega topics this week happened on the same Day. It was such a wild day. It was, I'm recording this on Friday afternoon. It's 5.47 p.m. I get to record a little early this week because our office closed early. So we got to shut things down ahead of the holiday weekend a little earlier than usual. So I wanted to get right to ride the lightning because I have 25 pages of notes for this week's show, which is probably, I mean, that's got to be at least, I don't know, 33% more than I usually do, maybe more, but just absolutely huge topics this week, but I start you with this appetizer about the Cybertruck, but I do promise you it is a tasty appetizer. So there was one interesting Cybertruck tidbit this week of information, which leads me to some speculation. So the tidbit is that a close-up picture of an open Cybertruck front with the frunk liner removed, there was actually another picture with the frunk liner in that finally gave you a really good clean look at just how big the frunk is. And in the picture, it looks like it's not that big, but I think I had to remind myself, well, wait a second. The Cybertruck is a very wide vehicle and reasonably tall. So I think it's gonna end up by volume being a pretty darn big frunk. Maybe not as big as the Ford F-150 Lightnings, but still substantially sized. But It's not even, that's not the one I want to talk about. It's the picture that had the frunk liner removed. And the reason that this is notable is because the picture allows you to see the guts of the truck, to see all the parts that are behind this frunk liner. And on one of the part labels, you can see a VIN, which probably not necessarily too noteworthy in the grand scheme of things, but if you're curious, it ends in AR00602, where the A almost certainly indicates Austin as its place of build, because the Fremont cars have an F. And my guess is that the R stands for release candidate. Now, it's not necessarily the 602nd release candidate. They might have started the series... At a, at a different point than just 001, but okay. And, and that's not even what I'm getting at as the interesting tidbit here. The real notable thing on this part label were the words 
variant colon dual motor. Thus, the prototypes, the, the release candidates that have been running around, at least some of them are dual motors. And as a result, it would seem that Tesla will be starting production with the dual motor variant that, at least as of the unofficial, official unveiling back in 2019, would have a range of around 300 miles, unless that Tesla is actually going to offer both the dual motor and tri-motor at the start of production, which, as I've said before, I, I've, I've, I kind of made the case for both versions of this, of you know the good and bad of Tesla starting with the cheaper dual motor and the good and bad of Tesla starting production with the longer range, more expensive tri-motor. So neither was going to surprise me. Uh, what will, I, I will say, what will surprise me is if they actually offer a choice right from the jump, right from day one, and let you choose the dual motor or the tri-motor. So we, we can basically more or less say f- with certainty that the dual motor is going to be the one that they start with. It's just a question of it's, if it's going to be the only variant that they start with. Either way, stay tuned. As I've been saying, we are getting closer. We are into September now, so it's just a matter of how soon the launch event is going to be. Uh, real quick this week, I wanted to mention something. This is kind of apropos of nothing, but it's a it's it's listener Robert Tucker reached out to me, and I just want to tell you very briefly his story as a as a PSA to all of you, and maybe other people in your life that might have a Tesla but don't that are, but aren't necessarily like way into it like you are since you're listening to a Tesla podcast. But Robert Tucker wrote me and needed a windshield replacement. He told me the story of how SafeLight, who I think most of us probably know is one of the major windshield, major glass companies in, in automotive, third party, of course. So SafeLight wanted to charge Robert $675. And right now you're thinking, well, that sounds fine for a windshield. No, no, no. That's not for the windshield. They wanted to charge him $675 to recalibrate his autopilot after replacing his windshield, which this actually upset me when Robert wrote me to tell me this. And then he sent me the proof, the email, like he sent me the the screen grabs of everything. And it's literally... Yeah, when you replace a windshield in a Tesla, it they do the mirror housing, the you know the rear view mirror housing that has the three, at least with hardware three, the three forward facing cameras that are behind, you know the the rear view mirror that are in that that assembly that you can't see from the cabin, but you can of course see from the outside of the car. So that gets replaced as when you do a windshield. It's just kind of all together. And that's one of the reasons that the windshield costs what it costs to get replaced. I mean, hopefully you've got a, you know, a a deductible or whatever. But anyway, when you, so I've had my windshield replaced twice. Wait, have I had the second one? No, just the, just the one. Anyway, uh, and so you get the car back and literally recalibrating the cameras involves driving around for anywhere between five and 50 miles. The, my most, the last time I did this, it was, it was five miles. It was, it was super quick. It was insanely quick that it calibrated itself. And SafeLight wanted to charge 
and $75 for this, which is borderline criminal, if you ask me. It is completely taking advantage of, it's preying on unsuspecting customers that might not know better and just think, oh, well, that's part of the thing I have to do to when I get this windshield replaced. So, uh... Safelight, shame on you, honestly. That is horrible. I hope Tesla hears this, somebody at Tesla, and reaches out to Safelight to to get this practice, if not outright canceled, at least drastically reduced in price. Because, okay, yes, again, there is recalibrating that needs to happen, and maybe some customers want to pick up their car with their new windshield and have autopilot working right from the jump. Well... Uh, that's so okay. If you want to charge for the time that it takes a safe light tech or whoever, you know, the tech to, to drive around in your car for a little while, but 675 is, is literally 10 times more money than, than they should reasonably be charging. So, uh, really upset on behalf of Robert who, who did turn it down, by the way, he, he knew better. And he, he wrote me to, to be like, this isn't, this is wrong. Right. And I said, yeah, it's really, really wrong. So thank you, Robert, for sharing that with me. And I'm happy to share this out to hopefully, you know, again, spare any of you, but but probably more likely other Tesla owners in your lives that might not follow this stuff as closely as you and I do. In better news this week, full self-driving beta has rolled out to all hardware for cars and kind of hilariously, It happened just two days after Elon Musk tweeted that the hardware four cars would lag behind the hardware three cars. Elon tweeted, quote, hardware four software will lag hardware three by at least another six months as our focus needs to be on getting FSD on hardware three working super well and provided internationally. He later added, quote, it's a real six months maybe less. Well, two, so two days after he tweeted that, the hardware four cars got FSD beta 11.4.4. And on a related note, the new version that the hardware three cars, myself included, got this week, 11.4.7, addresses one of my personal biggest annoyances with FSD, particularly on the freeway. And that is, If the speed limit changes, the car will no longer drastically slow down on you, potentially brake checking the person behind you and and or potentially making any occupants in the car uncomfortable when the car does a drastic slowdown to adjust to the change speed limit, despite the fact that if where you live is anywhere like where I live, traffic keeps flowing at the same speed that it was on the freeway prior to that speed limit reduction. So now Tesla has addressed this in FSD beta 11.4.7. So now it'll just slow down a little bit and it put a little message on the screen that says, I've actually only seen it once so far, uh, but so I'm paraphrasing here, something along the lines of maintaining speed with flow of traffic before finally dropping down to the, the proper speed limit or obviously whatever your offset is set to if and when the traffic clears. So thank you to the autopilot team because this solution is much preferred. I have one particular, actually two particular spots. One, when I go south uh, 
and one when I come back north <laughs> to the to back home, the where it does drop the the speed limit on the freeway and the car will will uncomfortably reduce its speed and and in my opinion unsafely reduce its speed when that happens. So uh, I am really really happy that that the autopilot team has addressed this. This is a much preferred solution. Because then if it only slows it down a little bit and I want to go faster, it's a minor adjustment with my right scroll wheel to get the speed set back up where I want it rather than having to scroll really quick a few times to ramp myself back up to speed. All right, before I get to the two mega topics this week, I hope all of you ludicrous tier backers and higher on my Patreon which you can find at patreon.com slash Podcast. I hope all of you enjoyed this week's lightning round mini episode in which I went into great detail, every detail in fact, about my Hertz Model 3 rental experience this past weekend in, uh, in New Jersey. So if you are in- interested in that or any of the other 60 Lightning Rounds, yes, this was episode 61, so there are 60 other episodes in there. If you want to hear those and support my efforts here on Ride the Lightning at the same time, you can join my Patreon at that $10 a month tier or higher at patreon.com slash Podcast. There's also a seven-day free trial for that tier specifically that you can sign up for. Uh, And if you'd rather pledge once to support me for a year rather than go month to month with it, if you do kindly make that annual pledge, you get a 10% discount, which is nice, uh, I hope. So again, patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. All right, here we go. We've been waiting for this. Project Highland has arrived. It has finally officially been revealed the original unveiling was in China, and then the Europeans woke up uh, as their time zone rolled around, and they started showing it off as well. So, after five years plus now of ownership of a Model 3 performance, my car is now officially old. Not that there haven't been improvements between my 2018 and the 2023s that are out there now, but really officially, my car is now old. But anyway, if I just want to call back here for a second, remember that picture that I talked about extensively on the podcast of the black car under a half pulled up car cover that was purported to be Highland. And I said on the podcast that I thought it was real. Well, and and I was far from the only one. It's not like I was out on a limb. It's not like I was the only person saying, I think it's real. And everybody else was like, no, A lot of us thought it was real, and sure enough, that was indeed a real picture. But I'll say this, the proper finished car is even nicer, much, much nicer. It is, it looks great. I would encourage you, there's there's a couple ways you can do it. Either just Google image search it, or uh, you can head over to my, either my Twitter or my Instagram. I've got pictures of the car from multiple angles because the the headlights are new, the front end is new, the taillights are new, the side of the car. I'm going to get to all this in a second, but so you can, my my Twitter and my Instagram, my handle is the same on both if you'd like to follow me on either of those. DMC underscore Ryan for those. Okay, 
Let's talk through these things. And I do encourage you, whether it's on my social medias or you just Google it, I do encourage you, if you have not seen pictures or videos of it yet, pause this, take a look so that you can kind of better follow along with what I'm going to talk about here. Because I'm going to be talking for a while about Highland because there's a lot, a lot to discuss and digest here. I want to start by talking about the front end. So the nose of the car now comes to a sharp point rather than the rounded front edge of the classic Model 3. Yes, get ready for me to start using that term a lot from now on. Now, funny enough, the original Model 3 prototype, which is still on display at the Peterson Auto Museum in LA, if you get a chance to go, as I've said before, I highly recommend the exhibit. It is very much worth seeing while it's on display from now until, actually, gosh, it's only going to be another month and a half that it's on display. It ends in mid-October. Anyway, that original silver Model 3 Alpha prototype kind of came to a point at the edge of the nose as well. And I had asked Franz von Holzhausen about that in my most recent interview with him back in January about why they changed it for the production car. Because personally, I thought that sharper edge made the car look more aggressive. And he just said, as you may remember from the interview, that it was was a design choice. They just wanted to go that way. And now it certainly looks like they've chosen to go back to a more hard edge nose. And I have to say, I like it. I also quite like the new headlights, which in my humble opinion, are a bit more Model S-like. They're not exact copies, don't get me wrong, but they are more S-like in appearance. They're they're flatter. They're not sort of the more bulbous shape that, that the classic Model 3 headlight is. The daytime running light strip now runs across the bottom of the headlight assembly rather than the little DRL kind of dash that's at the top of the headlight assembly in all of our Model 3s. I found this interesting. The air intakes on the sides of the lower air dam up front, on the front fascia, those are gone. Now, I was under the impression that those were there for aerodynamic efficiency as much as they were for style. In fact, the new S and new X went to that style. So those are, you know, Tesla's actually moved on from that already, at least with the new Model 3. But I suspect that Franz and the design team found an even more efficient way to go about uh, designing the car with this new style. In fact, the answer is yes, he did. And you'll hear about that in a minute. Where now on the front of the new Model 3, the only air intake is just that radiator mouth, that air intake opening on the lower bottom, you know, the bottom of the the front fascia there. Uh, One more interesting point In this area of the car specifically, there is a forward-facing camera on the top of that air intake mouth, at least in the renders that are on the design studio. And by the way, you can't, uh, the, the American, the North American design studio still shows the classic Model 3, but if you go on to the Australian one, or that I actually went on the Chinese one and just had Google translate it, and then the Australian one got uploaded where at least it's it's English, so I went over there, although it's right-hand drive over there. But you can you can just, if you go into the upper right corner of Tesla.com, 
of the design studio specifically, you can change the, you can click on the little globe icon and change the language. Uh, or the, I should say the region, not the language. You can change the region to Australia and it will show you. You will suddenly get the design studio that shows the Highland Model 3. So anyway, that uh, lower front bumper camera, it's there on the renders, just like the Cybertruck has. So it would seem as though perhaps all hardware four cars are going to get that lower front bumper camera eventually, even though for now, the still unreleased Cybertruck is the only vehicle that for sure, absolutely, definitely has it. The hardware for Model S's and Model X's and now the new Model 3, uh, well, at least the, the S and the X definitely don't have it yet. And we'll see when the, when the new Model 3 hits the streets with hardware 4. Now next, let's move around to the back end. I'm going to talk about the back end of the new Model 3. For me, the new taillights, they certainly have a family resemblance to the old ones, but now the trunk lid, more or less, for lack of a better term, envelops the entire middle of the taillight. It's almost like the taillight's kind of half sunken in to the bodywork. And to me, that creates a really neat look. I like the look of the new taillights. And by the way, the taillights and trunk lid are also now one entire assembly. So when you open the trunk, they don't, the taillights don't split. So the entire taillight assembly opens with the trunk. It goes with the trunk opening. And while we're talking about the back of the new Model 3, the Tesla T logo badge is gone just as it has also been removed from the new S and the new X. And it has been replaced by T-E-S-L-A lettering, which of course Tesla first did back on the original Roadster. The next-gen Roadster prototype has it that way too. Of course, we don't know if the final Roadster is going to look like the prototype. It probably won't after all these years. At least maybe, you know, it might not look drastically different, but... Stuff like that could change, is my point. But here on the new Model 3, T-E-S-L-A, on the back of the Model 3, which I have seen plenty of cars, plenty of you out there that have probably already done that to your cars on your own, to your Model 3s. So Franz and the design team have, have followed your lead on that and gone with the Tesla lettering on the back. The rear diffuser also has been tweaked almost certainly for additional aero efficiency. Because one thing we've learned about the new Model 3 is it is basically the same shape, well, same weight, same length, like same dimensions for the most part, within a couple millimeters. But And the, and the drivetrain's the same, the battery is the same, which I guess means that the new Model 3 is using 2170s and not 4680s, at least for now. But nevertheless, the new Model 3 is more efficient, both in terms of it's, it's got a little bit extra range and a lower drag coefficient, which I'll talk more about in a minute here too. Uh, but before I get to that, the wheel designs have also been refreshed. 
the new 19-inch wheels, which are called the Nova wheels. Of course, the previous 19-inch wheels were called the Sport wheels. But the new 19s, the Novas, they definitely, again, bear a family resemblance to those old 19-inch Sport wheels. But they have a black, they're silver in color, except they have a black outer rim on them, similar to the new Model X wheels, except on the new Model X wheels, the wheels are all black, so the kind of weird outer black outer rim, again, which is almost certainly being done for aero efficiency, it's not really noticeable. It doesn't really stick out at all on the X. It just can just do its aerodynamic efficiency job without really being noticed. But to me, it kind of stuck out like a sore thumb against the the rest of the, the uh, Nova wheel, which is silver. Although the good news there is I think that those black plastic ring infills on the wheel might be removable. I don't know for sure, but I think they might be removable. So if you, you know, did want to take them out for an improved look at the cost of a little bit of efficiency, you could, you looks like you might be able to do that. Or the other alternative, which is maybe what I would do personally, is to powder coat the wheels to all black so that then it all matches kind of the way the similar in the way it does on the new Model X. But to each their own on that, certainly. Now, the new 18-inch aero wheels, which are now called the Photon wheels, they are all black and they are a very nice but I would say very minor evolution of the current aero wheel design. Instead of five fins on them, for lack of a better term, they now have seven. And I have to say, I like these. I think these are an improvement, uh, aesthetically speaking, over the old aero wheels. I like the photons. I think they, they do look better. Now, you may be asking next, okay, well, you're going to talk about the performance wheels next, right, Ryan? The 20-inch wheels? I am not, because as of now, there is no Performance Highland. We have not seen a performance version yet, and as such, we haven't seen what the presumably new 20-inch wheels look like. But apparently the performance version is in the works. Personally, I would not expect much in terms of 0 to 60 improvements, as the base Model 3 and long-range dual-motor Highland Model 3 did not gain any improvements in terms of 0-60 to performance. So, most likely, the performance Highland, will the changes on it, will probably amount to whatever the new wheel design is. And, of course, it should still have those larger red brake calipers and probably a very similar, if not identical, carbon fiber spoiler on the back of the Highland. Although, just humor me for a second here. I realize I'm I'm going off the deep end. I'm acknowledging that up front. We could go with a conspiracy theory version of this, which would be to say that Tesla hasn't introduced a performance Model 3 in the Highland yet because they're going to do a plaid Highland and perhaps discontinue the S and X altogether. This is a theory, and again, acknowledging a probably unlikely theory 
that I've shared with you before and that Tesla has not introduced that vehicle yet on the new Model 3 because they're biding their time until they want to go ahead and pull the trigger on what would be a, a massive move if they were to do that. But again, this is almost certainly not what's happening, although technically uh, the a plaid Highland could still happen without the SNX being discontinued. They don't necessarily go together, but I, I think it's probably unlikely that either happens. I, I don't think either one's gonna happen. But like I said, if you did wanna go full conspiracy theory mode, there it is. Okay, the sides of the car, this'll be quick. The sides of the car appear to be virtually unchanged. The satin black door handles are the same. The doors themselves appear to be the same size and shape. However, uh, again, before we move to the interior, there is a lot to discuss in the interior. There is one other exterior thing to discuss, and that is paint colors. There are two new paint colors for the new Model 3. Stealth Gray and... My good friend, who I wish were an even better friend in the sense that I wish I had it, Ultra Red, coming to the new Model 3. So yes, the latter, Ultra Red, you know, since it was introduced on the S and the X a few months ago. And for me, the Stealth Gray, it looks like a a, a different take on Midnight Silver Metallic. It, it looks very similar, but certainly... I reserve the right to revise that opinion once I actually see it in person. And then with Ultra Red, it does seem that I was correct in my prediction a few months ago when Ultra Red was first introduced that it would eventually come to the Model 3 to replace Multicoat Red, although that still begs a, a significant question. What about the Model Y? Will Tesla still produce two different reds? That's a bit of a head-scratcher for the time being. We'll have to check back on that one later. Okay, let's move to the interior now, where there is a lot to discuss. Again, I, I will pause here for a second and, and kindly ask you again, if you have not seen the pictures, I definitely recommend doing so as you're listening along here so that you have a better sense of, of what I'm talking about and, and we can kind of follow along we can talk through this together. So the, th the first thing that you might notice is the RGB accent lighting. It runs around the entire edge of the dash up towards the windshield, and then it continues across the top of the door panels in both the front and the back seats. And naturally, as you'd expect, you can change the color of that RGB accent lighting to whatever color you want from the touchscreen. Now, speaking of the door panels, I am very happy to say that they are once again white on the white interior car. They're the same white vegan leather material as the seats, which is how my door panels are in my white interior 2018 Model 3. And the black interior door panels on Highland again, get black Alcantara material on them. And I have to say, I'm just, I am so happy that you once again get more white interior for your money again, 
rather than having the black interior and white interior cars have the exact same door panels. I don't know why this is a, a, a nitpicky thing for me, but yay, I am very happy about it. Next with the interior are ventilated seats. Now we already knew this from a parts leak not too long ago, but it's now officially confirmed. Huge yes on this. So you can turn on the ventilation in the front seats and get some cooling on your on your back and, and legs and backside as you drive your car. The center console got a slight refresh. I'd say it looks fairly similar to the old one. And now, and by old one, I mean the most recent version. Uh, there, This is now the third version of the center console that a Model 3's ever had. I, of course, on a 2018, have version one, which has the ill-advised piano black glossy finish that fingerprints and scratches if you just look at it wrong. So as soon as I got my car, I had it, uh, I had some satin clear paint protection film put over it to avoid those fingerprints and scratches. Uh, And I've been very, very happy about that decision for the last five years. Anyway, this is a slight revision over the most recent center console that the Model 3 has had, which is also the same console in the Model Y. Uh, The... I'd say the biggest difference on the new center console is that the cup holders are now hidden by a slide-away cover in addition to the storage area, which is also hidden by a slide-away storage door on top. So I think the new center console, definitely nice. Definitely nice. The steering wheel. This is this is the big one in the sense that the steering wheel might be the most let's say, controversial part of the refresh, or at least maybe a better term for it would be least universally liked. I think, I think most people are going to like pretty, you know, pretty overwhelmingly, pretty unanimously are going to like the rest of the changes to the car, but the steering wheel might be a little more divisive. Why? Because as we, again, had known from a leak, stocks have been deleted. The steering wheel has capacitive touch buttons on it, which is how the S and the X work as well. And those capacitive touch buttons activate both the left and right turn signals on the left side of the steering wheel, as well as autopilot and voice commands on the right side of the steering wheel. Plus, also on the right-hand side of it, there's a new camera button, which I have to imagine either takes a dash cam clip when you press that button, or it might pull up the camera views on your center display. If I had to guess, I would guess it's the former, that it would take a dash cam clip. That We'll see what, what the wait and see, though, what the, the actual answer to that is. And then uh, I, I, have to, I have to brace my new SNX owner friends here before I say this one, because this is going to be a little upsetting, and understandably so. The horn on the new Model 3 steering wheel is in the center. You press the center, which is what SNX owners have been asking for since the new SNX came out. It's still not there. And so, yes, SNX owners out there, I can hear you out there saying, what about us? So hopefully Tesla makes that revision in the Model SNX ASAP because it needs to happen. 
it's it's kind of a safety thing if if nothing else you know if if you're in a panic moment and you need to sound the horn it needs to be real easy you need to just be able to hit that center piece of the wheel and not have to like find a button on the right hand side or even you know just putting your whole hand over the the capacitive buttons on the right hand side i hope tesla addresses that very very soon so with the steering wheel uh, I think there's going to be some teething issues on this one, and and I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say that the stalkless setup is better or worse than the stalks because a everybody's going to make that decision for themselves, and b I have not had enough time with the capacitive touch buttons to really make a good decision, a good evaluation for myself. I've been very fortunate to have a two hour test drive with the Plaid S. Back when it first came out two years ago, Emmett Peppers, thank you again for that, if you're listening. I mean, the fact is, we're obviously all used to stalks. Our entire driving lives have been spent using stalks in every single car we've ever been in. And so we're comfortable with those. And it's going to take some time before we're comfortable with these capacitive touch buttons. So we will see how it goes. Uh, next, there is a center, excuse me, there is a second screen on the back of the center console for those folks sitting in the second row, the back seats, that can handle climate control as well as give you the ability to play video games and watch Netflix or the other apps right there from the back, just like how the S and the X have it. So another W, I would say, for the Highland, good stuff there. Oh, and on that note, in fact, another leaked video of the Cybertruck this week showed some filming going on over some off-road. They were doing some off-road filming, probably for Tesla's website or, or some other you know, internal content creation, internal marketing, that kind of thing. But anyway, there is a, uh, you can see the camera person holding a very professional fancy rig in the the middle seat in the second row of the Cybertruck, but the leaked video comes from another passenger sitting in the uh, the right rear seat of the Cybertruck, and from that video, you can see that the Cybertruck definitely, definitely, definitely has that second row screen on the back of the center console, which... As soon as I saw it in the Highland, I figured, well, yeah, the Cybertruck's got to have it. And sure enough, it does. So there's your other good good little Cybertruck tidbit of the week this week. All right, what about range now? I'm done talking about the exterior. I'm done talking about the interior. Range. So again, range is going up a little bit, even though the batteries are the same, the drivetrain's the same, the size of the car is the same the weight's about the same. It's all from the aerodynamic efficiency improvements that Tesla has made to the car versus the outgoing Model 3. Uh, And it does seem as though there will be a marginal range increase. However, it's tough to know for sure exactly what because the range numbers given are the WLTP rated numbers, which stands for, I had to look this up by the way, Worldwide Harmonized Light Vehicle Test Procedure. But historically, the thing to, to, 
to keep in mind about WLTP numbers, historically, they are way, way more optimistic than the EPA-rated numbers that we're used to here in the United States. But it does look like we should get some level of range improvement, just don't expect anything too drastic. Kind of the same thing on the price front. At least in China, it's a little bit more than the outgoing Model 3. Not less, as a lot of people were hoping for. It is a little bit more, but you are getting more for the car. So TBD on pricing here in the U.S., I would expect pricing to either remain exactly the same in the U.S., or maybe go up just a little bit. And I'm talking like $1,000 at the most. So the question is, will these be 2024 model year cars? Now I say that as a question because Europe, at least in left-hand drive form, is due to get the Highlands in October, with the UK having to wait until 2024 proper for right-hand drive versions. Australia is going to get right-hand drive versions in early 2024 as well. So these are probably all going to be 2024 model years, which would make it a clean a clean way to differentiate them, you know, differentiate the old Model 3 to the new one. And so the big question, really the final question for a lot of us listening, I know I've got, I'm very grateful and, and lucky to have listeners all around the world, but certainly the bulk of you listening to this are in North America, and thus the big question, when will North America get these cars? And the answer as of my recording is I don't know, and none of us know, but Tesla's going to need to retool at the Fremont factory real quick because if they don't, they're going to Osborne themselves in their biggest market. And they know that. They obviously know that. So that's why I expect this is going to happen fairly quickly in the United States, in North America. In fact, just to support some supporting evidence, or let's call it corroborating evidence here, I want to tell you a quick little anecdote from my cousin who has worked for Tesla in deliveries for several years now. Uh, He's in the Philadelphia area, and I got to see him at that family gathering that I rented the Model 3 from Hertz for last weekend when I was down on the Jersey Shore. So he and I caught up, you know, just caught up on life. But obviously, since we're both, he works for Tesla, he loves Tesla, I love Tesla, we talked a lot of Tesla. And I asked him, I said, well, how many people that come in asking about a Model 3 would you say know about the Highland? And I thought for sure he was going to say 10%. But no, he said he said it's like 75% of people. Now, you know, that doesn't account for every interested party in a Model 3. There's tons more people that just go to the website that aren't necessarily coming into the store to ask about a Model 3 classic or new, but his answer shocked me. Maybe it shouldn't have shocked me because, I mean, I do know here doing a weekly Tesla podcast that Tesla buyers are knowledgeable, they're enthusiastic, and they are informed. I mean, no surprise because that just those three things describe all of you listening to this podcast. But my point is to kind of back up 
the the Osborne effect point there that Tesla know they know it. They're they're gonna have to move fast at the Fremont factory to retool and and start producing the new Model 3 ASAP. Although think about this. Here's you know one of my patented 10,000 foot view looks. Think about this for a second. Regardless of the timing of the North American launch of the new Model 3, in a 12-month span, if we cheat a little bit, we got we to gotta dip back just to December of 2022. So if we go December 1st, 2022 to December 1st, 2023, in that 12-month span, Tesla will have launched the Tesla Semi, Hardware 4, the new refreshed Project Highland Model 3, and the Cybertruck. Wow. Think about what a year that is. What a 12-month stretch that is for Tesla. I don't think they've ever in their history had an output that high and of and of that significant a magnitude. That is a heck of a, a year, a heck of a 12-month run for Tesla. That design team, I mean, not just the design team, not just Franz and crew, but certainly everybody. I mean, the 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 factory teams, you know, the assembly, but certainly certainly the the design team very busy this year. Uh, but you love to see it. It's good stuff. But wait, there's more. And in fact, before I talk about this, I want to take a quick pause here to mention a new friend of the podcast. Storybook Destinations. Now, you guys know that I love Disneyland. I was just there. I was just talking about it. And after I talked about my last trip, longtime Ride the Lightning listener and Tesla owner Tammy reached out to tell me about how she shares that passion so much that she actually turned it into her career. Her company is called Storybook Destinations, and it is your passport to exceptional travel experiences dedicated to providing unparalleled service that goes beyond your expectations. As an authorized Disney vacation planner, Storybook Destinations specializes in crafting enchanting Disney experiences from magical Walt Disney World and Disneyland trips to Disney Cruise Line voyages and luxury global tours with adventures by Disney. But it's not just about Disney. The agents at Storybook Destinations are experts on cruises of all kinds, including river cruises, all-inclusive resorts, and worldwide tours to places like the Galapagos Islands, Antarctica, and the Arctic Circle. Contact the agents at Storybook Destinations today to book your next adventure. Storybook Destinations, where your dreams are their priority. Go to storybookdestinations.com or call 719-964-1718. And before I get back to Highland and then the big SNX news this week, let me also mention another friend of the show, Accelerate Auto, the retailers of the excellent extended warranty service that you can voluntarily choose to purchase for your Tesla if you plan on keeping it for a while, as I have with mine. Their X-Care policy, extended warranty coverage for your Tesla. It is far more flexible than the fixed two-year, 25,000-mile extended warranty coverage plan that Tesla offers. 
With Xcare, you can get up to 10 years and 125,000 miles of extended warranty coverage, and you can opt into it anytime. Whereas with Teslas, you have to opt into it before your car hits four years or 50,000 miles, whichever comes first. Xcare plans uh, have a $100 deductible, just like Tesla's plan does, and 24-7 roadside assistance, just like Tesla's does, but Xcare also offers rental reimbursement and trip interruption coverage, which Tesla does not. So check them out, see which plan is right for you. Go to accelerateauto.com slash Xcare. That's X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E-A-U-T-O.com slash X-C-A-R-E. And don't forget to use the discount code lightning for $100 off your purchase, if I can say that properly. All right, back to Highland here. This episode, I, I wonder how long this show is going to go. Because there is, I, my notes, I, I'm, I'm, I've been so stoked for this ever since all this broke yesterday. I've been chomping at the bit to record this, and now I am having a ball sitting here doing this. I hope you're enjoying listening to it. All right, let's get back to Highland before we get to the other huge news of the week, which is all the stuff, all the changes with SNX, and it's not just the prices. So uh, I want to thank Tesla tipster Sawyer Merritt, who rounded up everything I'm about to read to you, the entire list of changes to the Highland Model 3. He rounded up everything from all the various sources into one tweet. Let me run you through these. Range range has increased roughly 12%. Again, take that with a grain of salt because we'll see what the EPA rating is. 50% of the parts in the car are new. Redesigned interior with new door cards, as I already talked about. More premium interior materials. The fabric is softer to the touch and sewn with a more refined process to present a better overall texture. Two new colors, the aforementioned ultra red and stealth gray. No more stalks. The new steering wheel contains the turn signals, light controls, horn, new camera button, wiper controls, and mic control. New dash design with textured slash woven material. Multicolor ambient LED interior lighting extending from the dash to the rear seat doors. Updated center console with real metal handles giving a more premium feel. 30% decrease in wind and ambient noise. 25% improvement in impact noise. And 20% improvement in road noise. Acoustic glass on the rear windows and back window. It had only been the front windows previously on the classic Model 3. 360-degree acoustic glass is what they're calling this whole setup. And of course, by acoustic glass, they mean double pane, at least when they're talking about the side windows. More sound insulation for a quieter ride. An uptick in the hood to let wind go over more quietly. An upgraded suspension for a more premium ride, including new springs and dampers, new geometry on the front suspension, new bushings, and a new way that they mount the subframe to the chassis, which, by the way, is almost certainly gigacasted now. Single-piece front and rear gigacasting. I would, I would be willing to bet 
$100 on. I'm, I'm that confident in it. Why else would they be doing this? Because their a giga casting is way simpler. They're, they're making the car easier and cheaper to build. A stiffer body, a more premium-sounding door thunk when you close it, Two motors now close the trunk versus one before, resulting in a quieter automatic close. Of course, I've got a 2018, so I'm not privileged enough to have that. I've got the manual trunk, but that's okay. Tires have more cushioning for an improved ride. The center touchscreen is now brighter, has smaller bezels, higher contrast, and is more responsive. Now, it's the same MCU and the same size 15-inch screen, but again, with the smaller bezels and apparently a higher quality screen itself with the you know, additional brightness, higher contrast. More comfortable rear seats, which the rear seats are perforated, but not ventilated. So they just, they aesthetically match the fronts, but the rear seats don't have a cooling function in them. Redesigned lower rear bumper. That's the air diffuser I told you about earlier. And as I just said, all seats are now perforated. No fog lights anymore. The front seats are now ventilated in addition to being heated. And again, those front seats do get the the cooling effect. The aforementioned 8-inch touchscreen for rear passengers in the back to control climate and enjoy entertainment. You can connect two Bluetooth headsets at the same time. And uh, here's what I was teasing earlier about the efficiency. The new Model 3 is the most aerodynamic Tesla ever. The drag coefficient is 0.219, just edging out the new Model S, which had been uh, drastically improved from the original, or at least the previous Model S. The S was the the belt holder for most uh, slippery in, in the drag coefficient department, most slippery Tesla. Now it's the new Model 3. Upgraded 2.0 ventilation system. And I applaud this. We've, I've been wanting this the whole time I've had the car. You can now separately turn off the passenger side air if you want to. The slimmer and sleeker headlight and taillight design. A new speaker bar in the roof. And on that note, a new 17-speaker sound system, up from 14 in our Model 3s. It now includes two subwoofers and two amplifiers. The base Highland, the LFP, you know, the base model. So it's going to be a bigger difference here than, than it has been with the current base Model 3 and long-range Model 3. The base Highland, nine speakers, one amp, one subwoofer. So, as I said, there's probably going to be a much more noticeable difference between the base Model 3 sound system and the long ranges sound system. A 65-watt USB-C charger in the center console that is sufficient power to charge a laptop, improved Bluetooth, upgraded microphones. There's now one on each passenger side in the front with new microphones to make call Bluetooth calls clearer and more smooth, improved Wi-Fi connectivity, improved connectivity to your phone so that the car will recognize your phone from farther away, two new wheel designs that optimize battery life, I covered that, 
the front bumper camera that appears to be there. We'll see. I only say maybe because uh, some YouTubers in Europe got there, got invited by Tesla to, to do videos and go test drive the new car. And those cars don't have a new lower front bumper camera, but the render on the design studio does. So still kind of a bit of a mystery on that one, but hopefully it is ultimately going to have that lower front bumper camera. Uh, as I said, the new TESLA lettering replaces the rear Tesla T logo badge. The car is eight, 8% more efficient. Thanks to better aerodynamics. The car is just a tad lighter than before. And Tesla, as I said, is now working on a new performance model three. So overall, this is a refresh. It's not a full on redesign, though we never expected it to be right. It still looks like a model three, but for my money, it has been given a very, very nice facelift for what I should, what we should remind ourselves is the first time ever in, it is now, it is, it is entered its seventh year on the market officially and its first ever facelift. Now, yes, in 2020, I believe it was for the 2020 model year was when Tesla moved, you know, they got rid of the chrome trim and door handles and went to the satin black, but that I wouldn't really call that a refresh. This is a refresh and it is again, I I really like, I can't wait to see it in person, but from the pictures, from the videos, I really, really like the car both inside and out. I can't wait to see a model three in ultra red. That's like a, that's a dream for me. Uh, I would, I love that. I I'll, I'll say this. If anybody from Tesla is listening, I, or if any of my listeners get their hands on one quickly in the San Francisco Bay area, I would love to borrow one. I would love to, to get a review car for like a week or so to live with it. And I would love to compare it to my 2018. I mean, I think that would be a really, really cool comparison and a relatively early model three to the brand new one. I'd love to do that. I think that would be valuable content for the podcast. That would be a really good, I think, I think you'd enjoy listening to that and hearing about that. So who knows, maybe at some point down the road, I'll get my chance to do that. Now on that note, similarly, economically speaking, would I trade in my car? No. Uh, and it's because quite frankly, I, I can only afford one car payment at a time. And as I've discussed on the podcast before, my wife and I, our plan is now the Cybertruck. I want that stainless steel and, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, but boy is the Highland tempting. It is, it's, there's a lot to like. And, uh, although speaking of the Cybertruck and, and what I, whether I should, I'm going to buy that next, hold that thought for just a minute, but um, I want to give one shout out before I, I move on to the Model S. There have been a few YouTube channels, but I'll, I'll give the shout out to the, the one that got the exclusive, the one that got it first. I don't know how they pulled it off, but I tip my cap. The Car Wow YouTube channel, which I'd heard of. I think I'd seen one or two of their videos over time. I mean, they've got a ton of subscribers. It's not like there's some tiny little channel. 
but they apparently got the exclusive first walk around video with the car. I mean, they had it first. And uh, again, kudos to them. That is a heck of a get. So uh, good stuff there. Check that out on their YouTube channel if you're curious. Okay, we're already an hour into the podcast and I still have the other big topic to talk about. So I don't think there's going to be time for phone calls this week. So I'm going to hold those till next week. And I guess I'll say right here, I'll just stop and give you the the quick call and information because I suspect I'm going to be getting some phone calls this week about both the Highland and also what I'm about to talk about with regard to the Model S and Model X. So if you have a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, there are two easy ways that you can call in and share that with me and your fellow Ride the Lightning listeners. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many callers each week as possible, and then email that file to me at my Tesla podcast address, which is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can take that same 90 second or less question and give me a call anytime, toll free, and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. That toll free number is available to you 24 7, and that number is 1 888 989 8752. Again, that's 1 989 TSLA. Okay, let me back up my notes here and get back to the Model S and the Model X. So the other megaton story this week, major changes to the prices of Tesla's two flagship vehicles as the company, I mean, I think it's fair to say very clearly continuing to do their darndest to try and goose sales on what are two, these two cars are incredible, but they are, uh, they are acting aggressively to try and goose more demand out of S and X. So the first thing to tell you about is that the S and X have each received a major price drop. The long range Model S is now $75,000. It was $88,000 last week. That is significant. The Model S Plaid is now $90,000. 0 to 60 in 1.99 seconds is now $90,000. The Model X long range is $80,000, 79,990, and the Model X Plaid remains even with the S Plaid also $90,000 for the Model X Plaid. Now, you might be asking, well, Ryan, you just told me about the long range and the plaid price decreases, price drops. But what about the new standard range SNX that were literally just introduced two weeks ago? Introduced, in fact, so recently that no one who ordered one could possibly have even taken delivery of it yet. And those cars, Ryan, weren't those, wasn't the standard range S? $78,000 for the 320 mile range software battery locked Model S and $88,000 
for the 269 mile standard range Model X? Well, yeah, all that's true, except now the standard range SNX that were introduced again two weeks ago are gone. They have just been eliminated like they never happened. And I guess for all intents and purposes, they never did because presumably anyone that ordered one will just instead get the long range with the full battery unlocked. Now, whether those same people also get the $3,000 price drop, again, I'm talking uh, at least 3K on the S, right? It was 78 for the standard range S. Now it's 75 for the long range. That uh, you know, you can look, you can look and check out the X if if that's you too. But whether or not they get that price adjustment as well is less certain. But I'd certainly hope that they do. I did reach out to a Tesla contact of mine. Try, I was hoping to confirm that one way or the other before I recorded, and unfortunately, I was not able to get that answer. But um, yeah, I just I can't imagine that a single one of the people that ordered a standard range SRX is going to actually take delivery of a software locked car. Not with these massive price drops. They're, they're all going to get long ranges, I would think, and I would hope. So that I imagine would make that probably relatively small handful of people pretty darn happy. Because again, I said it two weeks ago, I just really didn't think that those standard range versions were going to really make a lot of sense to anyone. And the fact that they are gone just two weeks after being introduced seems to suggest that I wasn't the only one that thought that because, you know, now those folks will get a much, much better car for the same price. Because remember, they're not just getting more range, although that's primarily what they're getting, but they're getting better performance as well. The standard range... S and X had, had slower zero to 60 times too. All right. Anyway, let's get back to talking about the price drops. So even though my jaw hit the floor with the price of that plaid, we, we got to start for a second here. I, I got to go to the model X because at $80,000, specifically 79,990, the model X now qualifies for the $7,500 federal income tax credit. Now, I would hazard a guess that many, if not perhaps even most Model X buyers, probably don't meet the income requirements to get that tax credit. They're probably over those income limits. But still, if you do qualify, if you can get it, then suddenly a five-seater Model X is $72,500, and that looks quite appealing, doesn't it? That sounds pretty, pretty darn good. Although, sadly, making it a six-seat Model X, which is, in my humble opinion, the ideal seating configuration for that car, and the reason I say that is because, I mean, I've had the pleasure of of being in a six-seat X. It feels like a private plane's cabin in there. It's just awesome. You've got open space between the second row seats, which means, you know, you're not cramped and you can easily walk back to the third row if you need to. It's just, it's an awesome cabin when it's in that six seat configuration. But if you add that six seat option, 
it will bump you over the MSRP limit for the tax credit. So it suddenly becomes a very expensive option to go to go six seater if you otherwise qualify for the tax credit on the Model X. However, you can, so even though you can't go with the six or seven seat configuration and still get the tax credit on the on the Model X, you can pick any color you want and still qualify for the tax credit because one of the other big changes to the S and the X this week is that all five paint colors are now free. Yes, no longer do four of the five paint colors cost you extra. You can now have any of them, pick any of the five colors you want, yes, including ultra red, which had been a $3,000 upcharge at no additional cost. So that's pretty cool. You can pick any color you want and not have to pay anything else. So that, unless you're buying the Midnight Silver Metallic, which was the the previous default, quote-unquote, free paint color, that, in a sense, is a price drop as well. It's a price cut there, too. Now, getting back to the Plaid S for a second, I have to say, when I saw the Plaid S at 90000 I just, I froze for a second. Like, I, I my jaw kind of dropped because... I looked at it and went, oh my gosh, I want one. And I, I'll tell you this too. I live close enough, to, close enough to the Fremont factory that I could probably take delivery of a Plaid S by the end of the quarter, even if I ordered it now on September 1st. And thus, I'd be eligible to transfer my FSD from my Model 3 to a Plaid. But... Before you start getting excited for me, and uh, most of you are probably just listening along, but if by chance you were out there thinking, oh, Ryan, oh my gosh, are you going to get a plaid? No, uh, <laughs> even at 90, I, I, you know, I, I make, I work in media, I make media money, so I, I cannot afford a $90,000 plaid, and uh, I did still run the whole thing by my wife, just even though I knew what her reaction was going to be. And to her credit, she humored it. She heard me out, but she, she was not on board with that idea. Although even if she was, even if she was like, you know what? Yes, let's do this. You've worked really hard. I want you to have a plaid. (laughs) Even if she were to say that, uh, there are logistics stopping me anyway. At least I'm pretty sure there are because as I've complained about, you know, first world complained about on the podcast before, I'm pretty sure that the new Model S being a a pretty wide car, I don't think it would fit through my narrow garage door opening. Or if it did, obviously with the mirrors, the side view mirrors folded, the clearances would be almost impossibly tight. So, and there's just no way I would I would park, I would street park a plaid. Uh, you know, I, that's, that's not going to happen. Uh, I, I would never um, be able to allow myself to do that if I were lucky enough to have one of those cars. But anyway, that to me, $90,000 is a killer price for what is in my humble opinion, although admittedly, as I tell you from time to time, I'm a Tesla fanboy, certainly. I mean, that's obvious listening to this podcast, but 
it really is that 90K, that's a killer price for what is, in my opinion, the greatest overall car in the entire world. I really believe that. Not saying there aren't other great cars, but for what the Plaid does from a performance perspective, from a technology perspective, from a cargo volume perspective, and from a safety perspective, I think it's the best all-around car in the world. And wow, 90K is awesome. Oh, I love to see that. Now, all right, let's, let me get serious again instead of joking around about a Plaid that I'm never going to be able to buy. But in all seriousness, a $90,000 Plaid and a $75,000 Long Range S, this might be a death blow to Lucid and the Lucid Air. Not, and I, I want to be clear, I take zero pleasure in saying that. I, I am not somebody that sits here and roots against any other car companies or EV. Like, I want other EVs to succeed, and by all accounts, Lucid has made an excellent car. But I have to imagine that, that the Lucid guys, uh, the executives there, are lying awake at night after these Tesla price drops. I mean, heck, even Mercedes with their very, very luxurious EQS EV sedan, which, speaking personally, I very much do not like on the outside, but really, really like on the inside, Mercedes is probably sweating bullets too. Now, I know some people might be of the opinion that the S and X prices are now what they should have been, and that these prices reflect a more fair value for these cars. Well, if, you know, I wouldn't disagree with you necessarily, but no matter how you want to look at these prices, these are huge price drops and very, very exciting new price points. I mean, sure, the the long range Model S is still just over 50% more than a long range Model 3, but when both numbers are lower, you know, it's, it's $48,000 for the long range model three and it's 75,000 for the long range model S when you've just got both numbers coming down market, it naturally becomes easier to consider both. If you're, you know, it versus one of them being in your price range and one of them being too far outside of your price range, you know, there, this is going to bring the S into consideration for a lot of buyers that might, before this, have only really been able to justify a Model 3 price-wise. So I can't wait to see what this is going to do to SNX demand in Q4. I'm not quite done. I know I've been talking for about 74 minutes or so now, but there's one more thing. And you heard me tease it at the top of the show. There was one other price change this week that affects the Model 3 in a, and the Y in addition to the S and the X. It affects all the cars. And that is full self-driving got a price drop. Yes, you heard me. Your ears are not deceiving you. The price didn't go up it actually went down. It went from $15,000 to $12,000, which amounts to a 20% price drop. And if you're curious, Enhanced Autopilot is still $6,000. No change there. 
first of all, I want to say I genuinely, based on how Elon has talked about it on many occasions, I never thought I'd see the day that FSD dropped in price because Elon over and over again has told us how he thinks that the price of FSD is a bargain because the car is going to be able to drive around as a robo taxi all on its own and it's going to make you a bunch of money. So I I have to imagine, and I, I say this respectfully, but I have to imagine that some swallowing of pride went on here for Elon. And it also tells us that the take rate on FSD must have been even lower than we thought and probably was was trending downwards, if I had to guess, ever since they put it up to 15K. Now, speaking personally, and obviously it's just me here, $12,000 is still a bit too rich for my blood. If I were able to take delivery of my Cybertruck today, although... I mean, since I only put in my reservation for the Cybertruck more recently, I wasn't able to get a reservation with that $7,000 FSD. Although, of course, there's no guarantee that those FSD prices are going to get honored when it's time to actually deliver Cybertrucks. But anyway, my point is, if I were ordering and taking delivery of my Cybertruck now, honestly, I would not spend $12,000 on FSD. I might do the six for enhanced autopilot, but I, I, I just don't think I could do $12,000 for FSD, even though I plan, my wife and I plan to keep our cyber truck forever and it's going to last forever given the million mile battery, million mile drivetrain and the stainless steel body that's never going to rust or age. Now, I recognize, of course, everybody's different. And this is just my perspective. For me, if you, if you, if Tesla were to ask me, okay, well, what is your limit? Now, that's not how marketing works. It's, it's Tesla's job to, to find that without necessarily directly asking me. But since I'm here on a, on my Tesla podcast, I'll just offer them the information for free. On a, being all, in all seriousness, I think $10,000 would be my limit. I paid $8,000 for it on my Model 3. I think ten k is my limit on FSD. That's, that's as high as I would be willing to go. At least until it really, actually, technically and uh, legally, in terms of regulators, could drive me anywhere while I sleep. Like, when we get to that point okay, I'm, I might be willing to pay more for it. But for what it does today and, and the tr- you know what it's looking like it's going to be doing in the, in the near to medium term future, I think $10,000 would be my personal upper limit. All right. Well, it has been a 78-minute podcast already. As I said, there's um, I've run out of time to get to any of your phone calls this week, but that's okay. I promise you I will get to your calls next week. And again, I expect I expect to get a good number of calls this week. And I do look forward to hearing from you guys about Highland, about if you're going to trade up, if you, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested to hear your Highland reactions. And I suspect there might, I might get some calls about these big changes to the S and the X and maybe even to FSD as well. So, 
With that, I'm gonna take a quick little, what, five to 10 second musical interlude here. Or actually, I guess I'll drop the Franz promo, which is about 10 seconds long or so. So after that, stick with me. I've got a bit more Ride the Lightning for you coming up right after Mr. Von Holzhausen. Hi, this is Franz Von Holzhausen, and you're listening to Ride the Lightning with Ryan McCaffrey, the Tesla unofficial podcast. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I just realized that I set a personal Ride the Lightning podcast record. I just talked for 78 minutes and 54 seconds straight. I was just too excited. There, I, my, I had so many notes, so much I wanted to talk about with Highland and with the S and X and FSD changes. I realized I, I needed, first of all, my, my voice was shot. I was like, I need a beer after that. It's like, I think I've earned it. So I took a little break there uh, after I, after I finished that segment and, and uh, just took a little quick break and I poured myself my favorite beer, which I, if I haven't mentioned this before, the brewer, it's, it's a Mother Earth Brewing Company, and the, the flavor is Nitro Cali Creamin. I get it at, uh, you can find it at uh, BevMo. That's usually where I get it. It is a, they're like, they're based out of San Diego and I think Idaho also. I think they have breweries in both places. Kaz Barnes, longtime Patreon backer and friend of mine, he introduced this to me. When uh, we met up for lunch in San Diego, we went to a place he likes and they had it there. And and I ordered a beer that I really like, which is the uh, Fort Point, which is a San Francisco brewery, the Fort Point KSA, which is their Kolsch. And I said, well, how about I'll order yours, you know, and you order mine. Let's try each other's beers that we like here. And I think I got the better end of that deal because this Mother Earth Cali Cream, and it's just I got to take a little sip. Mm. It's just so good. It is just an absolutely delightful light beer that's just uh, not like light beer like on TV commercials, but it's just very easy drinking. Man, that is good. Um, anyway, that ends your little beer commercial. I, they're not even paying. I got I to gotta not do that. I got to make wait till they pay me to, before I start promoting their beer. Anyway, um, I'll, I know I did the lightning round this week about my Model 3 rental experience at Hertz. But I'll just tell you real quick here, the, the top-level version, it went great. The price was reasonable. Uh, the car had a 97% full battery when I picked it up, and supercharging it was no problem. I actually still need to check if I'm going to get built. In fact, you know what? When I play you the pro tip of the week, I will check and see if they've billed me for that supercharging session. Because I did ask about that, and they said that I was going to get billed. So I'm curious if that actually happened or if there's a little a little sort of hack in model in, in a Tesla rentals through Hertz where you're not, you can actually supercharge for free and Hertz will, will pick up the tab. Anyway, I'll check that in a second. But uh, yeah, really positive experience on the Hertz Model 3 rental overall. So I know other people's mileage may vary. You know, there's all kinds of variables to it, but Based on my experience, I would absolutely do it again. Um, something else I'll be doing again this evening is playing Starfield. That is my entertainment recommendation for this week. As I get a little more beer here, Starfield is the big new release. It is available on Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S as well as PC. 
It's the big new Bethesda game. It's from the makers of the Elder Scrolls, meaning Skyrim, uh, as well as the makers of Fallout. This is their new game. It's an outer space RPG, and uh, I'm, I'm having a really good time with it so far. I am only about 12 hours in, so nowhere near as far as like our reviewer, for instance, or a lot of our other team members, but uh, I am having a great time with it. And it is, like I said, that's the big new RPG. And I, I think, la- was it just last week I mentioned Baldur's Gate 3? Like, RPG fans are eating good right now. Like, it is a great time to be a fan of role-playing games. So uh, check out, I definitely can recommend Starfield. I will absolutely give you, it's on Game Pass too. If you're a Game Pass subscriber, it goes into Game Pass on Wednesday. So today, as I'm recording on Friday, was its first day, if you if you just paid more for early access, like bought the deluxe version of the game or whatever, you can get in early and start playing now. But it will be available uh, at the regular price and then it'll be available in Game Pass if you're a subscriber on both PC and Xbox on Wednesday, the 6th. So happy to recommend Starfield because that's what I'll be doing a lot of this weekend. All right, time for your pro tip of the week. It comes from Michael. Hi, Ryan. I met you at the Peterson Museum last December. Thanks for spending the time with us. I have a pro tip for the listeners today. If anyone wants to use the car as a sound system for an extended amount of time, The way to do this is to use camp mode. Turn on camp mode, manually lower fan speed to 1, tap on the AC button to disable the AC compressor. This will allow the music to stay on until battery is at 20%. I've done this on multiple occasions while wrenching on cars with my buddies. I hope you guys enjoy. I love this one, Michael. Thank you very much for sending this in. And by the way, if anybody else out there has a good pro tip of the week that you'd like to share with me and your fellow Ride the Lightning listeners, please send it my way the same way that you send in the regular Ride the Lightning hotline calls. Also, I did indeed check my credit card and there's no there are no other charges from Hertz. So I supercharged once on the way back right before I dropped the car off because they had told me that I had to return it with an 80% state of charge. So I could have made it all the way down to the Jersey Shore and back to Newark Airport on a single state of charge on the standard range Model 3 because it's so darn efficient. But uh, I did shoot, you know, I, I didn't want to test the theory. So like, all right, I'll stop and just charge to 80%. So I charged from 20% to 80%. Actually, I went up to 82 just to make sure, knowing that I'd bleed off one or 2% as I as I drove the last couple miles from the supercharger back to the the Hertz place, I do not see any charges on my credit card right now. So uh, it might be that you don't have to pay for supercharging with the Hertz rentals. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be nice if you didn't have to pay for fuel, at least supercharged fuel. So uh, I don't know. Bear that in mind. I guess if I do spot a charge, I'll update you on next week's podcast. But for now... I mean, I returned that car on Sunday, and it's now Friday. So you'd think a, a charge would have showed up by now if it were going to. Anyway, uh, let me mention some friends of the podcast before I get out of here, because this has been a long one, and I do want to be respectful of your time. I will start with abstractocean.com. They've got so many great aftermarket accessories for all four Teslas. They're going to have to start coming up with some new ones pretty soon for Highland, for the new Model 3. 
But for the time being, for the cars that we all have now, they've got a ton of great stuff, including the rear footwell lighting kit, which I really like for you Model Y owners. They've got the drop-in cup holder stabilizer. They've got a lot of neat interior lighting kits of both different, you know, if you just want like a brighter white on those, those accent lights that are down in the, in the little storage cubbies on the doors uh, and in the footwells, or if you want different color LEDs, if you want to go like purple, go for it. They've got that stuff at abstractocean.com. Also the tempered glass screen protectors that are custom fit for each Tesla, all that stuff and a whole lot more. Go to abstractocean.com, pile everything that you like into your online shopping cart and use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. Again, that code is RTLPODCAST, all one word, no spaces. Beer time, hang on. All right, the snap plate. Hey, they've got something new at everyamp.com slash RTL. Not just the snap plate, but the snap plate plus. I will say I got a demo of this at Tesla Takeover. I got to meet the the two guys that run the business in person. They were one of the vendors there. And it was nice to say hi face to face. And I got to see this new snap plate plus. So the key points, you got the, the snap plate, which is the front license plate bracket that I recommend rather than the Tesla one. So snap plate is safety optimized with breakaway features to sacrifice itself in a worst case scenario, like a parking accident or a car wash. Cause you don't want, you don't want your, your license, your, uh, your frame there to damage the car. If it's, if it were to come off in a car wash snap plate plus is strength optimized with hardened features for maximum strength. Both have their signature minimalist aesthetic that you've heard me talk about a million times that blends in perfectly with the Tesla front end. And both are made from recycled, made in the USA plastics with stainless steel reinforcements. So you love that. Check them out. Again, they have them for all four Teslas at everyamp.com slash RTL. Oh, and they're now kindly offering a discount. There's a coupon code, I believe... I want to say it's, uh, I, I hate to say, cause I don't, I want to get it wrong. I think it's 10% off. I think go to, or excuse me, use the coupon code RTL. So the website, everyamp.com slash RTL and use the coupon code RTL on whatever you choose to buy. Meanwhile, budgetsafesolar.com. If Tesla solar doesn't work out for you for whatever reason, I do encourage you to, as I'm sure you're going to be doing a lot of research because a solar purchase is a huge purchase that, you know, you want to put a lot of time and research into. All I ask is that you make budget, budget safe solar one of the stops on your tour to see who's going to be your, your solar provider. Uh, they now offer home battery storage as well as the solar panels themselves as Zelina is over there. She's trying to get Daisy's attention. Daisy's just looking out the window, not looking at Zelina at all. And up on the couch, I might add, where Zelina's not allowed. So Zelina has her paws on the couch cushions, which is okay, that's in bounds. And she's looking at Daisy, just giving these little yelps like, hey, hey, pay attention to me. Let's go. Anyway, budgetsafesolar.com. Uh, yeah, check them out. That's who, that's who I went with. It went great. I have an awesome eight kilowatt system now that's been doing great for me. I'm very happy with it. 
So check them out, budgetsafesolar.com. And if you do end up proceeding with a solar installation for your home and or business, I kindly ask that you use the referral code RTL. If you and your car are in or going to be in the greater San Francisco Bay Area, I could not recommend Immaculate Reflections more. Treat your car to a spa day. Immaculate Reflections will take awesome care of your car. I actually guarantee that you will be happy when you pick up the car. I, that is a, I have known Jeff well enough, long enough and well enough now personally and professionally and his work, I mean, my car is a great example of his work and I, I'm could, I'm still so happy with my car after five years of all the, all the detailing work he's done on it. So anyway, whether you want to do paint correction, paint protection film and or ceramic coating, take it to Immaculate Reflections and they're going to take great care of you. Go to irdetailing.com. You can get in touch through the website there. And when you do, mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener and there is a nice little discount waiting for you there. So thank you to Jeff at Immaculate Reflections for continuing to offer that to the Ride the Lightning audience. Uh, finally, puretesla.com slash RTL. That is your one-stop shop for your dash cam and sentry mode needs. They have the excellent micro SD based solutions that plug into the USB port in your Tesla's either center console or glove box. If you've got a newer, a newer Tesla. Uh, so they've got you covered. 49 bucks will get you the 128 gigabyte kit shipped free anywhere in the US, I might add, which is nice. Or 69 bucks for the 256 gigabyte kit. They also offer a really nice slimline, like low profile wireless game controller kit that I would liken somewhat to the Super Nintendo controllers of yore. So if any of that appeals to you, head on over to puretesla.com slash RTL. They will ship internationally, by the way. You know, the free shipping in the U.S., but if, if you're uh, outside of the U.S., there'll just be a modest shipping fee on that. All right, one more beer here. Beer sip, I should say, not entire beer. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, the Patreon. Let me mention that again. Patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. If you enjoyed not just this week's super long episode about the most, some of the most exciting topics ever. Just such a cool, fun week this week. But hopefully you did enjoy this podcast. Hopefully you enjoy every week's podcast, or at least most of them. Hopefully I hit more than I miss for you. But if at some point you are willing and able to support me on Patreon, I would truly be humbled and grateful if you would choose to do that. Because this podcast is free. It comes your way Every single Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, I have eight years of receipts to prove it, that I'm here for you. So my hope is that some point, and maybe today's the day, maybe this is the week, this is the time that uh, you will see it in your heart to head on over to patreon.com slash Podcast and pick one of the support tiers and support me on Patreon because that is... You guys are the reason that I can keep doing this by you guys supporting me on Patreon. So uh, whichever tier you like, the basic tier, the, the the first tier is the $5 a month tier, right? That's, that's what is that? It's like a, that's a Starbucks, a one, one Starbucks a month. You could be 
supporting my efforts here. Uh, and in return for that, you will get early access to each week's episode. In fact, this episode's being recorded a little earlier than usual because my company was kind enough to, clo- to uh, close the office early on the, the Friday ahead of the holiday weekend. So I was able to get started early and uh, the Patreon backers will get access to this on Friday night rather than it's usually done late Friday night such that the Patreon backers wake up to it on Saturday morning. But tonight, you guys on Patreon uh, will get to listen to it maybe even earlier than you usually do. And then there's that most popular tier, the $10 a month tier that I plugged at the top of the show where you get the early access each week and you get not just that week's lightning round bonus mini episode that I do on Patreon every week, but the entire back catalog of them. And again, there are 61 of those now. So if you do want to support me on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. You can follow or subscribe to the podcast totally for free on your favorite podcast service, which I recommend you do so that you don't have to remember that there's a new episode. It'll just get pushed out to you automatically. I'm on all the big ones. Uh, Most of you statistically get it on Apple Podcasts, but I'm also on Google Podcasts, on TuneIn, on Spotify, and then YouTube Podcasts as well. If you want to find me on YouTube, just search Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube, and you should find me pretty easily there. There are almost no videos on that YouTube channel, but if listening to the show that way via a tab in a browser is uh, is convenient for you, then go for it. If you need a referral code, if you're buying a new Tesla and you need uh, a referral code so that you get that $500 discount on a 3 or a Y or the $1,000 discount on an S or an X, oh yeah, I forgot about that. So the S and the, the long range S is 75K, If you use anyone's referral code, whether it's mine or someone else's, it's 74. So, wow, that's even better. That's even, that's basically covering the, the, what, the destination fee that every car company levies on their cars. Anyway, if you do need a referral code, you get the loot box points as well that you can redeem for Tesla merch and other things. So, Just use, if you're buying a Tesla, make sure you're using a referral link to do it. And if you need one, feel free to use mine. You type in ts.la slash Ryan73014 in your browser. And if you do that, it'll take you to the Tesla Design Studio with those referral bonuses baked in. You configure your car, or if you're ordering inventory, do that. You know, however you're, you're getting your car, uh, you will get those discounts and those loot box reward credits. If you want to follow me on social media, as I mentioned at the top, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Same handle on both, DMC underscore Ryan. My, uh, Zelina, can we not do that, please, for another, like, just give me like 10 minutes. Can you give me 10 minutes? Thank you. Uh, you can email me anytime, teslapodcast at gmail.com. And finally, I want to give a shout out as they get as part of their Patreon perks, a shout out to the Maximum Plaid and Roadster in Space to your backers, as well as the grandfathered in Plaid level supporters. I'll start with the Roadster in Space to your group this time. Thank you very much. Zelina, you're at it again. You're, you're trying to get Daisy to play with you. 
Selena, here. Oh, good girl. You listen. You're so good. All right. The Roadster in Space tier backers. Big thanks goes out to Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacoveto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, Carol Weston, Robert from near Philly, and Chase Lancaster. Next up is the Maximum Plaid group. A big thank you goes out to Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from New York City. Yes, uh, I was in New York. I had like tweeted that I was going to be out. I think I might have mentioned it on last week's show anyway. Ryan from Las Vegas messaged me on Instagram to say, hey, I'm in New York now. He's going to grad school out there, which is awesome. So we got together and had pizza at, by the way, John's of Bleecker Street, which was recommended to me by my friend Brian Altano, who also works at IGN. And, you know, you guys know me. I'm originally from New Jersey. I'm a big pizza snob. I love good pizza. I have to say, I think John's of Bleecker Street, if it's not the best pizza I've ever had, I can't think of, like, it's right there at the top. It was, it's coal fire. It was amazing. If you're in New York City, I know you, you know, you can't go wrong with pizza in New York City, but John's of Bleecker Street, oh my goodness. Both Ryan from New York City and I, we were, we were just like in awe. We ordered two pizzas for the, and I was just like, you can take home now that you live in New York and you just moved here, take home whatever we don't eat. We ate, I think all but one slice. Like we, we killed it. It was, it was so good. Anyway, Ryan from New York City, so good to meet you face to face. It was a real pleasure. Uh, Also, the rest of the Maximum Plaid crew, Darren Nickel, the aforementioned Cos Barnes as I drink his favorite beer right now. Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley. Gosh, even with the beer, I can still feel feel my voice going. The sinus infection is still not gone. And I also basically can't hear very well out of my left ear. So still getting over my maladies from last week, but uh, I'm glad I feel much better this week for the tons of exciting stuff that I, that I spent hours talking about on this week's show. I'm glad I didn't feel this week like I felt last week. Anyway, where did I leave off here? Uh, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Derek Nessel wrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Corey O'Donnell, Aaron, John Cody, Joel Sapp, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, We Drive Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental in Oahu, Chris Pratt, Ken Epstein, Doug Carey, James Gregory, Adam Lavoy, ContactOneCallCenter.com, Jason Chalukas, Travis Krenzel, Bruce Otterstein, Tom Behan, Josh Pennington, Matt Kalin, John from Cream Ridge, New Jersey, Sean Tisdale, and Dustin Hart. One more sip of beer here before I get to the last group. All right, I've got enough fuel to get through this now. Finally, the grandfathered-in plaid-level supporters. The plaid tier is no longer offered on Patreon, but... These very kind and generous folks have continued to back me 
at that level so they continue to get all the benefits that they deserve as part of that, including getting their name shouted out at the end of each week's episode. So thank you to George Cassiopo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peak, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altshul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla owners East Bay Club, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Matt Nixon, the Tesla owners Club of Wisconsin, Ish, not Elon Musk in air quotes, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. And with that, we have come to the end of what I hope was an epic episode 422. It, I tell you, I always, I've said, I always enjoy doing this podcast. You know, some weeks though, you just get more exciting topics. This really was one of the most awesome weeks for me. I hope it was for you as a listener, but I had so much fun doing the podcast this week. I had so much fun preparing it yesterday, Thursday, when, when both the price adjustments on the SX and FSD and Highland happened at the same time, the same day. It really, it wasn't even, it was the same evening. The Highland stuff broke at about five o'clock because it was like morning in China, 5 p.m. Pacific, I should say. And then the design studio updates, the price changes to the SX and FSD happened maybe like two hours later in the, in the early evening Pacific time. Just an insane few hours in, in the world of Tesla. So much fun. Uh, I hope all of you enjoyed this week's episode. I hope all of you enjoyed it, enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed making it this week. So for a uh, now bite club battling pair of doggos over here, Daisy the Boxer and uh, and Zelina the Future Service Dog, who are both... Poor Daisy's just, she's just laying there and Zelina's just keeps getting right in her face. Like, let's play, let's go. And Daisy's just like, I just want to lay on the couch. So we'll see what, I better, I better end this before Zelina starts barking to get Daisy's attention. But I do sincerely appreciate all of you listening. I appreciate your attention, your time and happy electric motoring. Have a wonderful week. And I will see you back here for episode 423 on Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, as always. I mean, I think a Tesla it's the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make, it's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.